Our scripture reading today is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 to 31. And our sermon today is entitled, The Body of Christ. This is the Lord's word. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For in one spirit we were all, for the, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would it be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again to the head, to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you still a more excellent way. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his holy word. Good morning once again. Please say hello to each other, to the left of you, to the right of you. Just say hi. <laughs> what a joy it is to gather together as God's people on the Sunday morning. Today, as every Sunday we meet, we rejoice that God has called us together as a church. There's no other community, no other fellowship, no other gathering that is greater than the Church of Christ. For the Church of Christ isn't something that you simply join out of will or something you join out of compulsion. 
but the church is something that God calls you to. There are many things that we can be doing on this Sunday morning, but God has called us together to worship him, to sing praises to him, to acknowledge our very need of him, and to once again say, yes, God, you are the one who founded this church. You are the one who sustains this church. And you are the one who will bring glory on that last day to this church. Here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see Paul exhorting the church of Corinth. This church was not a church to be modeled after. This church had many, many issues and many, many problems. More so than the modern church today. You had people teaching heretical things and the leaders having to deal with these people who were leading others astray. You were having people living immoral lives in the midst of the congregation. And again, the teachers, the leaders, having to deal with that situation. People were confused about what it meant to be the body of Christ. People were confused about what it meant to follow Jesus. But the miraculous thing about this church still is that people came. People knew that this was a place of blessing. People knew that the Spirit of God lived amongst them, even with all the trouble, even with all the difficulties. You see, the Church of Christ has never meant to be someplace perfect, but the Church of Christ is supposed to be is a place where God's presence is seen. The Church of God is a place where the problems of life, the problems of spirituality, well, are already accounted for in Scripture. And by God's grace and God's mercies, God has given us the remedies of all the things that might ail a church. Our duty as God's people is not to shape church according to our own desires and will, but our call is to allow the Spirit to join us together as one. To know that the issues that Scripture teaches about false teaching, moral failure, conflict, that God has already foreseen. And God has given us grace upon grace tools upon tools by his spirit to deal with every issue that may come up. And so it is here at CCPC. We too are simply one body of Christ, one expression of what God is longing to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is talking not about the universal church. We're not talking about 
the church as a whole, this invisible church, this church that we will see one day sort of with our own eyes when the Lord comes back, when we can look about us in the new heavens and the new earth and see every single person who has come to faith in the Lord and say, okay, this is the church. But Paul is reading to a specific church at a specific time. And he says to the church of Corinth, you are one body with many members. And so it is with us here at this church. We are one body with many members. First thing that we must come to grips with is that the Spirit is the one who builds the church. The Spirit is the one who calls the people to the church. This is good news for all of us. This is good news in knowing that as the people of God, that there is a place for us to worship our Lord. There is a place for us where we can find community to find a home. There is a place for us to gather that God has called us to, to use our gifts and to use our abilities to serve the Lord. You are not lost people. There may have been a time in your life where you came to know the Lord and you looked for churches, you looked for a place to go, and you said to yourself, I will never find a place where I can worship my God with other brothers and sisters. There may be a time where you came to the Lord and for some reason God sort of prevented you from finding a place to call home, to worship him, and to serve him. Now, many of you here are members, but you've, you've had that, many of you have had that journey. You know people who are still on that journey, trying to find a place to call home. But there's good news. If you know the Lord, the Spirit lives in you. You will find a home. It is not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. And the prayer that we have as every single person here, for ourselves perhaps, Lord, help me find a home. Help me find a church. Help me find my Corinth with all the mess that's there. Or perhaps there are people that we need to pray for. Help them find a home. Help them find a place that they can worship you. Help them find a place where they can grow. But God's promise is assured. You will find a place. For God has called you to be part of the body of Christ. 
this is amazing. We, we as human beings, we, we already understand, even if we do not go to church or are part of the, the Christian family, that, that we understand that we need community. We need people to gather around. We need, we need friends. We need people who have not only things in common, but we need to have deeper relationships with other people. A couple of weeks ago in the op-ed section of the New York Times, the, the writer was lamenting the fact that religious organizations were becoming less and less important in this world, but at the same time, the need for community amongst people have grown more and more. And the writer was lamenting at the fact that if these religious organizations start to dis, dis, dismantle more and more, there are less places for people to find community. Having conversations with some of you, I asked you that question, where do people find community? And most of you said to me, uh, work. I go, really, work? Okay. It's like, after work, you go get a drink. That's your community. But God has done something special for the people of God. When the Spirit comes within you, not only do you belong to Jesus, but God fulfills that longing of brothers and sisters in Christ, fellowshipping with each other and with each other to magnify the Lord. And that Spirit draws you together to be with him. So exalt, rejoice, Christ Covenant Presbyterian Church, rejoice that God has brought you a family together here. Rejoice in the problems and the issues that we have, but rejoice in the, in the blessings that God has given us as well. Rejoice. God has called you here. The Spirit has been good to you, has been good to us as we worship our God in spirit and in truth. Second point, God has called you each as a member of this church, as a member of a church, and God has given each of you a role to be in this fellowship together. The church isn't a place where we try to fit you into our mold. We don't look at individuals and say, we need to shape you into this type of individual. We need to take you to shape you into this type of individual. But the role of the church is to say, God has already shaped these individuals and is shaping these individuals. Each one of them God has made in his image. Each one of you God has gifted. There's nothing wrong with any one of you in terms of the way God created you, the gifts that he's given you, the longings that he's given you. Yes, we, we have to give them up to the Lord that he may sanctify them. But in and of itself, who you are, where you came from, your experiences, 
what you're good at, what you're not good at, what your temperament is. All of that has been given by God. And so when you look in the mirror and you say, who am I in the midst of this church? Who am I in the midst of any church? You've got to look in that mirror and say, I'm who I am. God's made me who I am. I need to grow in my love for the Lord, obviously, but I am who I am. When you look at one another, you have to say the same thing. They are who they are. Thank you for the way they laugh. Thank you that their sense of humor is totally different from mine. I don't understand their humor, but someone else understands it. Praise God that, that this person over here likes to be more detail-oriented. Praise that this person over here says, we got to move forward. We can't keep standing still, whatever it may be. God has given you your personalities, your giftings, for the sake of the church. And so, yes, you need to look in the mirror and instead of saying, I want to be like someone else, just say, this is who I am. Not in an aggressive fashion, but in a humble fashion. This is who I am. And you must look out into the people in your church and say, this is who they are. We've got a way to go. But God knows what he's doing. You see, God brings together the people of God to fashion one body. And each one of you has a role. Each one of us has a role. We're not all ears. We're not all eyes. We're not all feet. We're not all hands. But each one of us will fit differently into this body of Christ. And together we will rejoice in whatever body that God gives us. We are not to look at other, other bodies around the world and say we want to be like that body or that body. We just have to look at our own bodies and say this is the body that God has given us. You know, I, I came to terms with that a long time ago when I was 16 or 18. I realized I'm never going to be a big guy. I'm never going to be able to dunk. I'll never play football. That's, this, this is who I am. But Lord, with the way you made me, how can, how can I serve you? This body of Christ, we are who we are by God's grace and mercy. And we will fit together as we love one another and serve each other. And we will rejoice in the way that God grows us together and matures us in our faith. You see, these promises, this, this function of what the Spirit is doing is what gives a church like Corinth hope in the midst of despair, hope in the midst of suffering, hope in the midst of controversy. It's knowing that God has called us together, God has gifted us together, and God will be with us, each one of us. And together as we labor, God will surely sanctify this church.
we need to learn to love one another. And we need to exalt each other with the different gifts and abilities that God has given to us. There is no one here who is, who is dispensable in this church. Everyone is needed. Think about our children. They are the most helpless of all the members that we have in our church. Utterly helpless. We might even look at some of these children and some people might say, man, they're taking up too much of, of the resources of the parents. They could be doing other work for the, for the Lord and raising their kids. <laughs> you have single people here looking at the, the parents and go, my goodness, it, it's crazy. We don't see them. Their, their family is just all over the place. And the parents might look at the single people and go, come on, what are you guys doing? <laughs> But our children, our babies, they're a gift from the Lord. Why? Because we see how helpless they are. And we're reminded how helpless we are. We are reminded again that the weakest, the weakest in our church, shapes who we are. And our joy is not to be a body of Christ that we have imagined, but to be the body of Christ that we are today. I like to say that our church should have what we call a, a dad bod, right? We're not here trying to get from point one to point two as fast as we can, looking out for only our own interests leaving the weak behind. But we labor together as a church. No one gets left behind. We move forward. But we also rejoice in those with, 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 with the higher giftings. At the end of this chapter, you know, Paul tells us that we should all desire the higher gifts. Now, the list of gifts here is a little bit um, controversial, and that's a subject for a different, um, different sermon or even a Bible study. But for all of you who are members here, men and women, our desire should not simply be to, to be at church and to just go, okay, I'll just you know, get dragged along from point A to point B that all of you should desire for the higher gifts to be able to teach other people about the gospel to be able to, to lead other people in the gospel to lead small groups community groups to be an evangelist for us men here to, to long to be elders and deacons and then let the church and the body of Christ figure things out. And let us simply humbly receive whatever God gives to us. But all of us should be seeking the higher gifts. And those of you who are called to that office, we are not to make church 
into our own image. Let me say that again. This is one of the reasons myself as a pastor, uh, I don't believe that having one pastor who has all the authority of a church for a long time is a good thing. Because you will become, this church will become like me, whether I like it or not. You will have my strengths, but you will have my weaknesses as well. And I do the best that I can as your pastor, not to make this church into my image, but as best I can to see the giftings that God has given us and try to enhance what God is doing here. Those who eventually become leaders of the church, it's one of the things that we, we need to do is to lead people towards the gospel goal of enjoying him and glorifying him forever. But at the same time, to shepherd our people well, who they are, what their giftings are, and to allow them to shine together. We're not just trying to make all arms or all feet. We're not a factory. We are a body of Christ longing to be like the Lord. If we do this well, let me rephrase that. If we do this according to the will of God and according to his teachings, then when we suffer, when one person suffers, we will all suffer together. And when one person rejoices or exalts in the Lord, we will all exalt the Lord together. Because when love permeates the body of Christ, when we all exalt in each other's giftings, and we all see that in so doing, the presence of Christ grows and grows more, when we see Jesus being lifted up in the midst of us, when we see people repenting and people turning towards the Lord and people trusting in the Lord because of the body of Christ growing together, when one person suffers, we all suffer together because there is no jealousy. There is no conflict that cannot be resolved. And when one person rejoices, we all rejoice together. Because we are all one body. When Christ pours out his blessings upon a person, an individual, or a family, we rejoice. For God has made us one. Brothers and sisters, this is the way of the Lord. Many of you here are still quite young, and many of you have, have, have had um, families that haven't been the, the, the best family situations. As you come into this church, it will take time for us to grow together. It will take time as we move into each other's lives. You will see all the warts of this church, and I hope you do. But I also pray that you see our dependence upon the Lord in all of these as well. That Christ may be magnified in all things. 
be encouraged. Jesus has bought this church by his own blood. Be encouraged. He has sent the Spirit upon you and called you to this place. Be encouraged. That same Spirit has given each and every one of you abilities and giftings to help this church to mature. Be encouraged. In the end, even this church, even this church, on that last day, when we stand before the church, when we stand before the Lord, we will see even this church glorified and perfected in the Lord. Can you imagine that? Look at the people around you. Look at the people who are members of this church. One day, we will stand before the Lord laughing, crying, rejoicing that we made it. God has called us home to him. Praise be to the Lord Christ Covenant Presbyterian Church. Praise be to our Lord. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the church that you have given to us, this body of Christ. We thank you that we are not alone in trying to build this body, but we are here simply to follow you, your teachings, your guidance in all things. We thank you, Lord, that your spirit, Lord, leads us in this direction. Father, I know that many of us here in this room, many people in this world, they fight it. And they say, they say things like, I love Jesus, but I don't know about the church. But Lord, we know these people. They long to have fellowship with the church of God. We see them dip their feet in the pool, Lord, and, and meet up with Christian brothers and sisters. But your spirit, Lord, pulls them even further, for they know that they need the body of Christ. Be with our church first and foremost. Help us to continue to grow in our love for one another, using our gifts, Lord, to encourage each other. Teach us, Lord, to, to so enjoy each other's company that we indeed suffer together and we indeed rejoice together. We pray, Lord, for people in our families, brothers and sisters in Christ who have been hurt by churches in the past and are looking for a place to call home. We pray, Lord, that you indeed would lead them into a place where they, could, where they can find, Lord, fellowship and rest in you. We pray, Lord, for those who are looking that, that's, that, that those you bring to CCPC, that we as a church will learn to love, to be their friends, to be a healing ministry unto them. Lord, we pray, Lord, for all the churches in Atlanta, in the States, and around the world. Give them health, Lord God. 
that your gospel may go forth in its purity and its power. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.